Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Antigua Prime Minister calls out regional unions for maintaining unreasonable demands in Liat Matter. U.S. Coast Guard cracking down on illegal passenger for hire in Puerto Rico. U.S. Supreme Court leaves in place U.S. Virgin Islands Puerto Rico cockfighting ban. Cuba economy to grow by 2.2 percent in 2021. Dominican Republic groups wants to remove Statue of Columbus. And Prime Minister of Barbados, Mia Motley, meets with U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris in Washington, D.C. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, October 15th. We start our report today in Antigua. The Antigua Observer reports that Prime Minister Gaston Brown has called out the trade unions representing former Liat employees around the region for their insistence on making unreasonable demands in regards to the monies owed to the workers. Though the Brown-led administration has maintained that it has no legal obligation to the hundreds of workers displaced by Liat's struggles, it has put forward a compassionate offer of 50% of the amount owed through severance and other benefits. According to multiple reports, however, the regional unions are united in seeking the millions of dollars owed to the workers and have rejected the latest offer from the shareholder governments. This based on word from President of the Dominican-based Waterfront and Allied Worker Union, Donald Roll. During an appearance on the Grenada Broadcasting Network's Beyond the Headlines program this week, Prime Minister Brown said the unions need to assess the situation and realize his government's offer is the best bet at this point. If they really think they're owed 100% of their severance and staff liabilities, go to court and prove it. If you can't prove it and the government is giving you a compassionate payment, take it and run, but you can't go and demand 100%. Even if the case of Antigua and Barbuda, if we're liable based on our shareholding of Liat, we had a shareholding of about 35%. So it would have meant that the liability would have been 35%. The fact that we're offering 50% is a very lucrative offer, Prime Minister Brown said. Though the majority of unions remain in disagreement with the Antigua and Barbuda's position, the Prime Minister disclosed that a meeting was recently held with the Pilot Association, presumably the Leeward Islands Air Pilot Association, where the representatives showed their willingness to reach an agreement. Brown noted, though, that they would need to get all of the unions on board in order to move forward. The Weekly Journal reports that the U.S. Coast Guard sector San Juan, Puerto Rico, announced Thursday efforts against illegal passenger or higher vessel operations in Puerto Rico. Since April, the U.S. Coast Guard units and crews have conducted multiple operations targeting illegal passenger for hire vessel operations throughout Puerto Rico. These operations have resulted in 70 vessels boarding, issuing of 32 Coast Guard captain of the port orders prohibiting this illegal practice, 13 safety violations, and 12 vessel voyage terminations. 
Owners and operators in violation of the captain of the port of order can face civil penalties of over $95,000 in addition to a list of other common violations, including other possible fines. People interested in renting a boat or pay the owner operator of the vessel for transportation should ask the captain to show their Coast Guard issued merchant marina credentials, the vessel's certificate of inspection, and proof of enrollment in a drug and alcohol testing program. We suspect that there are many owner operators and vessels conducting illegal passenger for hire and illegal charter operations in Puerto Rico, and we will remain vigilant and continue to take action to hold those responsible accountable, said Captain Gregory McGee, commander of the U.S. Coast Guard Sector San Juan. The Virgin Islands Free Press reports that the U.S. Supreme Court is leaving in place a federal law that bars cockfighting in the U.S. Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. The High Court on Tuesday turned away a challenge to the order. As is typical, the High Court did not explain why it declined to take the case. Congress in 2018 changed a federal law that had permitted cockfighting in the territory. Individuals and organizations involved in cockfighting challenged the law, arguing that Congress had exceeded its power in applying the ban to Puerto Rico. They noted that cockfighting is deeply ingrained in the island's history, tradition, and culture. Cockfighting was introduced into the territory by the Spanish in the 16th century, and Puerto Rican law calls it a cultural right for all Puerto Ricans. Puerto Rico estimates cockfighting supports more than 11,000 jobs and brings about $65 million into the territory's economy annually. Two lower courts had sided with the federal government and said Congress acted appropriately. Bahamanews.net via Genoa News reports that the Cuban economy is projected to grow 2.2% in 2021, said Minister of Economy and Planning for Cuba Alejandro Gill on Thursday, after the Caribbean's national GDP shrank by 10.9% in 2020. Little by little, we will start recovering the economy activity lost over the past two years due to the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic and the U.S. blockade, Gill said. Gill also, Cuban Deputy Prime Minister, said the Cuban economy is focused on the priority task of fighting inflation, building a sustainable national electric power sector, and assisting the most economically vulnerable groups. This year, the Caribbean nation launched its biggest monetary overhaul in recent decades, which eliminates the dual currency system in place on the island since 1994 and increases salaries, pensions, and social security payments while transforming the pricing structure completely. In addition, the island nation has approved the legalization of micro, small, and medium-sized enterprises under a new legal framework put into effect on September 20th. 
Barbados Today reports a new European gateway is already showing promise for Barbados as Brantley Adams International Airport prepares to receive a new direct service from Amsterdam Airport via KLM Royal Dutch Airlines. Months after the new service was announced, the first flight scheduled for October 16 is already sold out. In addition to the exceptional response, it will be a historic moment for the country as KLM Royal Dutch Airlines was the first commercial airline to arrive at the Sewell Airport in Barbados on October 19, 1938. Now, 83 years later, it's making history again with the sold-out flight from Amsterdam to Barbados. Minister of Tourism and International Transportation for Barbados, Senator Lisa Cummings, described it as a major boost for the country's tourism. We look forward to welcoming KLM two decades later to our shores. As we look at the state of the global tourism industry, the fact that in the midst of this pandemic, our partners continue to demonstrate such confidence in the Barbados brand, with KLM adding approximately 20,000 seats from Europe to Barbados over five months is heartwarming. As one of the longest-running airlines in the world, operating under its original name for 100 years, is the longest long-haul carrier from Europe, serving 318 destinations in 118 countries with 80 code share partners. The new KLM service will provide greater access and seamless connectivity to and from major European countries and regions, such as the Netherlands, Belgium, France, Scandinavia, via Amsterdam Airport in the Netherlands. Cummings added, this development will positively enhance Barbados's effort to re-establish its footprint in Europe. And I am very proud that Barbados can boost strong partnerships with both KLM and Lufthansa to establish European carriers as we approach winter 2021-2022. We are committed to keeping this thrust going through the rest of the season. Flights will operate non-stop from Amsterdam to Barbados three days a week, Monday, Thursday, and Saturday on KLM's modern fleet Airbus A330-200 with 264 seats in three classes, including business. The service will run until March 31, 2022. Antigua Newsroom reports that Sandals Resort Executive Chairman Adam Stewart has been formally invited to join the Executive Committee of the World Travel and Tourism Council. I'm honored to join the Executive Committee of an organization I have also respected since the start of my career, says Adam Stewart, Executive Chairman of Sandals All-Inclusive Resorts. This leadership team is passionately focused on the efforts of the travel and tourism sector, and I am eager to contribute. The World and Travel Tourism Council represents the global travel and tourism private sector. Members include 200 CEOs, chairs, and presidents of the world's leading travel and tourism companies, 
from all geographies covering all industries. For more than 30 years, the World Travel and Tourism Council has been committed to raising the awareness of governments and the public of the economic and social significance of the travel and tourism sector. Julia Simmons, president and CEO of the World Travel and Tourism Council said, Adam brings with him a wealth of experience having worked so closely with his late father to build what is now one of the most recognized brands in our industry. Myself and the entire World Travel and Tourism Council family look forward to working with Adam in his new role. The original vision of the Council's founding members remained the same. Governments are to recognize travel and tourism as a top priority. Business should balance economics with people, culture and environment and a shared pursuit of long-term growth. Membership includes the spectrum of the industry, from airlines to tour operators to hospitality groups. The Executive Council is comprised of chairs, presidents, and chief executives from across the world's travel and tourism sector. Island Times reports that, with signs in hands with the message, we do not celebrate genocide on October 12th, nothing to celebrate and, and colonialism racism. A group of demonstrators spoke out at the Cologne Park colonial city in the Dominican Republic against the existence of the statue that honors the European as well as the denomination of the day of the race. They consider that the celebration of Columbus Day implies that there is a need to decolonize the memory to decolonize society, monuments in the squares and cities. In addition to eliminating racist, xenophobic, and discriminatory narratives in school textbooks. Antigua Newsroom reports that Prime Minister of Barbados Mia Motley has met with U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris in Washington, D.C. A video of the two leaders' opening comments is available on the Antigua Newsroom site and their YouTube channel. And finally, PhilBoxing.com reports that Luis Rodriguez from Palo Alto, Puerto Rico, coming off his fifth consecutive knockout win in five professional fights, fights this Friday, October 15, at the Arena Roberto Duran in Panama City, Panama. He has a current rating of 5-0 with five knockouts. Rodriguez will battle rugged and experienced Panamanian Adir Sanchez in a six-round middleweight bout. The 24-year-old Rodriguez, who decided to bypass the Tokyo Olympics to turn pro, was a five-time Puerto Rico national champion. Rodriguez, whose team includes renowned boxing attorney Tony Gonzalez and promoter Rivalta Boxing, made his pro debut on June 11 and then fought on June 26, July 3, August 20, and September 19. His knockouts have come in rounds 2, 1, 4, 1, and 2, respectively. Friday night will be Luis's sixth fight in four months, said Gonzalez. 
our pedal to the metal philosophy continues, and we plan to fight two more times in November. One of the scenarios we have in mind is having Luis showcase on ESPN Latino or ESPN in November. More importantly, we would absolutely love and embrace Luis fighting in New York City at Madison Square Gardens in December before bringing him back home to Puerto Rico, where ideally he would fight for a regional belt before his home crowd. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, October 15th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and follow us on Facebook.